Welcome to the Press Conference Podcast, where we bring you the pressing information nobody asked for. I'm Dave, and I'm here with my co-host, Phil. How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? Doing really well. Doing really well. I'm excited to be back. I know. It's been a three weeks now, or three weeks and a day since our last episode, and really sorry for the delay. Life just coming really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it feels really good to be back. Yeah, 100%. And that mixtape, uh, thanks again to Nick for coming in and, and chatting with us and giving us those tracks because uh, I've been smashing them lately. Yeah, I think that episode was great. We had um, That was probably the best reception I think we've had in regards to people reaching out, yeah. um, talking about the music on the on the actual playlist that he brought with us, uh, brought to us. Um, just conversation in general. I think that was the most fun I've had doing an episode yet, and uh, I can't wait to do more of them. Yeah, totally. Me too. Uh, so what have you picked up lately? What have I picked up lately? Uh, last Friday, um, over our friends over at Anti-Vinyl Vinyl Club just released uh, the Clay J 7-inch uh, for their new single, Hate Club, which um, was awesome. So picked up a couple of variants of that. What about you? Yeah, I got that too. And um, I also picked up the latest Inclination album. So I pre-ordered that. So they're uncancelled, which I'm pretty happy about because those first three singles are so good. Know what had ha- well, obviously I knew what had happened, um, but I was surprised they actually pulled them down for a minute there. Um, it was it was it was sad days for a minute. Yeah, but um, they're back up. If you're in Australia, they're on twenty four hundred. Yeah, pretty nice looking variants too. So um, I'm keen for that to come in. Yeah, cool. I think um, what else has been going on? Like I know we haven't recorded in three weeks, um, but you're coming to Sydney tomorrow. Yep, I'm coming to Sydney. Um, Come and see you, hit up Resist, yep. maybe Beat Disc, and um, just, yeah, just hang out, get yeah. away from gloomy Melbourne. Absolutely devastated that Being as an Ocean had to postpone their tour, because um, yeah. that would <laughs> that being the main reason you were coming would have been great, especially to see Bloom and Stepson as well, but um, no, it's going to be good to actually have some visitors to Sydney. Yeah, it's going to be so, it's going to be a lot of fun, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. Um, We've been to a couple of gigs recently. Um, I saw Slowly Slowly on the weekend yeah, in it? Frankston. Oh, it was so good. I've only seen them a, a, like a handful of times because um, I got into them just before COVID hit, yep. right when Race Car Blues came out. Yep. And um, when it got the whole back catalogue and um, it was really good to see him in like a small venue. It's probably like 300 cap, yeah, maybe nice. that. Nice. And um, they had uh, Beck Stevens do a special um, special part in Safety Switch. Oh, that's cool. That would have been really cool. Yeah. So she was really good. And uh, he play- Ben played uh, Survival Suicidal Evangelist nice. for the first time ever Yeah, on the solo bit. So they've also been changing up the, the acoustic songs for each, so- each set. Yeah. Which is really cool. Did, Gives it some variety. Did he play Melbourne? No. Oh, I'm spewing because I know, obviously, being from Melbourne, um, I saw that song when he did an acoustic set in between the two lockdowns. And I'm seeing yep. them in Sydney on Saturday after you leave um, down in yep. Wollongong. And I've been thinking all week, is he going to play it? Because it's such a... Oh, it just gets me emotional. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I haven't even bothered to ask. So that's actually sad news. Yeah, they didn't play that. They played an extended version of Pussy Max the World Go Around as well. Oh, nice. Uh, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was sick. It was good to get back to gigs because yeah. I hadn't been to one since 
think the charity gig. Oh, that was ages ago. Yeah, I just I had tickets, so I got COVID, stuff like that. Life got yeah. got in the way, but um, yeah, that was sick. No, I um I had a show on Friday. I went to the Between You and Me show. Um, so a bit of generic pop punk never hurt anyone. Um, and that was awesome. They were they were unreal. Like I, I remember seeing them in little rooms playing to like fifty people in Melbourne. Um, and to see them play like a nearly full crowbar, uh, was crazy. And, um, yeah, they were great. But a few weeks ago, probably, which I preferred, um, I went to the stories show, uh, the crowbar as well. Really, Mm -hmm, really not that many tickets sold, which I don't understand because stories are unreal. Um, but they're just amazing. Like, I know they took a break, but if they hadn't, they could have been massive. But, well, hopefully they've got some new music coming or something. Oh, I don't know. They said at the show that they're probably their last to- uh, last show for quite a while. So I don't know what that means. Mm, um, but they, they were amazing. Like, I just wish I, I saw them more. Um, but it's not possible. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. I well, just hope. Yeah. Listen to listen to your test and your, yeah. and your split and then... Can I say that was one of the most, the hardest record to find, I think, that I've, or second hardest record I've had to find. Um, and as soon as I found one, like I ended up with two within like a month. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny how the world works, right? I think since we've been like aware that you've been looking for it, I think it's only come up maybe twice that we've been aware of. And the first one was the one you bought, and the second one was the one Jackson ended up with. Yeah. So, and that's all within like, Six weeks, I reckon, yeah. like really short period. So um, that really needs a repress. But UNFD, I don't know what you're doing, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, moving into, I think we, we obviously talk a lot about music at the start of the show before we get into our pressing topic. And I guess we wanted to kind of probably give it a bit more of a platform because we do listen to sometimes very similar music, but sometimes very different um, so we thought we'd kind of talk about our fe- feature album um, of the last few weeks. Not necessarily a brand new album or a new artist. It could be something we've discovered, but thought we'd just give it a bit of a platform and see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll kick it off. So I've been listening yeah. to a super group lately. Okay. Bit of a side project for um, uh, Brendan and Daniel of Turnstile. So they've, okay. they've teamed up with... Um, with Justice and Pat from Trapped Under Ice, who okay. and they they play in a band called um, Angel Dust. Okay, so have you shared these with me? You probably have. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. So <laughs> it's something really cool. I kind of was thinking about it before the show, and I kind of liken them to this current sound that Ocean Grove have. They're a bit of a okay. mixed match of like um, pop, punky, melodic hardcore, like just stuff that you can just put on and just, and bot to pretty much. Would you put them in the same realm as Pile of Love or probably a bit less? More abrasive. Kind of chill. Yeah. Okay. Less chill. Yeah. Okay. But still on that, still on that, it's like a bit like Koyo, but a okay. bit more random in the sound that they have um, going on there. So it's, yeah, it's a bit hard to explain, but um, I think, yeah, Ocean Grove do a similar thing where they don't they don't stick to one one kind of theme or one kind of sound. No. Especially and, not for the new album, right? Yeah, and that's awesome. That's why I like it because, like, yeah, 
you can get through that album and listen to like six different types of songs and, and it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so the album is Rock, uh, Rock the Fuck On Forever. I don't know if you shared this with me. <laughs> I have. I'm sorry. So it's yeah. not their latest album. So last year they bought an album called Yak and it's a collection of truck songs. That's the name of the album. <laughs> and it's just okay. it's just awesome. Um, it's really hard to describe. <laughs> like As you can tell, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. Um, and... The the two songs that I recommend are "Stay" and "Toxic Boombox." Okay, cool. So they're from that album, but um, check them out. I've been trying to track down their their records for a little while, and um, yeah, they're they're a bit hard to find. I saved them both to my library, so I'll give them a listen either tomorrow or tonight. You know. Awesome. Um, cool. Well, my, my feature album is a newer album. Uh, I've been talking about it coming out for a long time. It finally came out and it's been a few weeks and I haven't stopped listening to it. It is Jackpot Juicer by Dance Gavin Dance. Um, I just love this band. I think Swancore in general, I love. I, it just does things to my brain that um, a lot of other music doesn't do. Uh, and this album is, it could be considered one of their best. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go early and say it is their best yet, but I'd nearly put it number two behind Mothership. Mm, but yeah, I know you. You've had a, a battle with uh, liking this band. Uh, where are you at with this album at the moment? I I haven't listened to the whole disco- discography, but I have listened to yeah. some of the big ones, and I think it's got a similar kind of flow to to Mothership. Um, so I haven't listened mm-hmm. to them like back to back, but I can see some distinct like some similarities in how they've written the songs and how they've structured the album albums. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy how they write their songs for the middle, middle parts of their records. So they let the, they let the songs breathe a little bit more. It unscrambles my brain a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) which is fine. And I'm, I'm starting to come to terms with how it all works and, and just kind of, instead of just trying to analyze it and trying to figure out why, um, there's a solo in the middle of the chorus while the singing and singing and all this kind of stuff. I'm just, yeah. I'm just kind of just enjoying the ride a little bit more. And yeah, um, yeah, uh, Jackpot Juicer is is really good. I don't think I skipped the song when I listened to it last, so that's a pretty good song. I think it. Yeah, I mean, I had my favorite song when I first my, on my first listen was Holy Ghost Spirit and then For the Jeers back to back. I think when as soon as those songs hit, I was like, "Fuck, all right, we're here. The album's mm-hmm. here." It's 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 like vintage dance Gavin dance, but then every time I listen to the album, I find new songs that I find myself loving more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so honestly, right now I couldn't get, tell you what my favorite song is. I will say that the last three songs on the album might be the best closing three songs I've heard on an album in quite a while. Actually, I can't think of another album where I've finished an album thinking, "Fuck, those songs were like incredible." Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us um, by Architects. I know that the end of that song with Memento Mori, like capping, uh, I think that was a brilliant end to an album. Um, but this album in particular, I think does a really good job. So that's mine. And I probably won't stop talking about it for quite a while. Yeah. Well, we're getting getting used to it. I think yeah. um, <clears throat> I just had this thought pop into my mind. And I think Dan- Dance Gavin Dance are a bit like a Christopher Nolan movie. That you think about okay. like Inception. <laughs> Yeah, the more you, the more you listen or the more you watch, the more you uncover, 
and you find these little tidbits yeah. and stuff like that. So little things pop up or and like you hear them, see them differently. So that's kind of my thought with, with Dance Gavin Dance at the moment. It's a pretty good, actually, that's a pretty good comparison because when you think about them as like individual musicians and what they bring, they're all so different when you take them away. Yeah. When you bring them together, it kind of, it kind of works, right? I mean, they've been around for however long. Um, but you're right. I think um, that's a great way to put them, actually. Yeah, cool. So check out both of those albums. Um, you know, we'll put them in the press conference playlist as well. Um, and we'll, we'll plug them in our socials. But yeah. Yeah. I like doing this. I think it's good kind of giving these albums like time to talk about. Yeah, because you can chuck a link in a chat, as we know, and it gets yeah. lost in in the wash of everything else. But um, yeah, yeah, let's put it down in the recording for everyone to share. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll do, are you ready to get to it? Yep. Cool. So I'm really keen for this this episode this week. Um, so for the for the pressing topic today, we thought we'd chat about our first Aussie band on the pod. Which I think is actually pretty cool um, that we haven't actually spoken about an Aussie band exclusively yet. So I think that, that felt pretty good. Yeah. Um, this band, you know, um, for me, they're they're one of my favorite bands. Um, you know, in Australia in the local scene, it's actually a, a funny story about how we met. It was kind of through this band in one way. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll talk to that soon. Um, this band formed in two thousand and nine. Had a pretty good crack at a thirteen year career as a band. Uh, they released two EPs, five albums, actually got nominated for an ARIA in 2011 for Best Heavy Metal Album or Hard Rock Album, mm. um, which I thought was pretty great. I didn't know that until we were kind of getting ready for this pod. Um, so the pressing topic today is Dream on Dreamer. Dream on Dreamer, Melbourne band, metalcore from Melbourne. Yep. MySpace era. Yeah. I was out of high school, so this was, uh, yeah, into into the nether of finding bands on your own because what, those school connections were not there. What, what was your time like finding music after high school? Because this, this for me was peak high school in a way. Yeah. So, um, like, how did you find this band, and or how did you find bands, and then I guess how did you find this band? I reckon I would have gone to JB into the punk and hardcore section and just found some covers that I liked, and maybe yep. was going through the going through the liners a little bit, and mm-hmm. there would have been a lot of MySpace stuff. Whoever had songs on their profiles and stuff, and and just. Probably picking up like Kerrang! magazine every now and then as well, getting some yeah. of those samplers. But that yeah. was a lot of international music. So um, it was before like uh, before Facebook and stuff kind of really took off for that for that kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I think. Um, and so, when did you find this band? Did you find them early on in their kind of time, or in the middle, or? I found them after um, after Heartbound came out. Okay. Yeah, so even after they'd started, so like 2011, 
Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, for me, it was a bit of a different story. And I know I've harped on about my um, my love for local all-ages shows at youth centers and stuff like that. And this band is one of the main bands um, for all of that, really. Uh, I was in high school in year nine. So what's that, 15? Uh, and that's when Hope came out. And I remember at my local that I've spoken a bit about the Wyndham Youth Centre in Werribee. Um, shout out to the Dirty 30. Um, yeah, they would always have Battle of the Bands and, and shows and they'd always be headlined by a band around the size of Dream on Dreamer or something, right? Yeah. Uh, like on a Friday night, you know, it would finish by 8.30, 9 o'clock, but um, they were so good. And and at that time, like you said, MySpace was real big and this whole synth metalcore sound was was massive. Bands like Breathe Carolina, I See Stars, you know, that's what I listened to at the time. And, and this yeah. band kind of came out from, from Melbourne. Um, and, you know, a lot of the boys are from the West. And, yeah, it blew me away. And as soon as I heard them at one of those shows, it was – I remember picking up a little CD from the, the merch desk for like five bucks. And yeah, that was it. The, the rest is history. I reckon they may have played with, um, with like the getaway plan or something like that. And that's how we found them. Like it's funny, I think days. they've toured with the Getaway Plan quite a few times because yeah. I know, I remember seeing them with the Getaway Plan back in the day and then they had that tour, I think it would have been the year before lockdown, mm-hmm. um, with the Getaway Plan as well. And I remember it was it was a bit of a nostalgia thing for me and my mates. Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember they even played the only gig to ever go through Hastings <laughs> was Dream on Dreamer playing... On the, their Loveless tour, it was like the Hastings Hall, and it's where you go to vote. And this band That's was playing a- there. Now they've they've got a festival on the foreshore down there, but it's not the same. But, but yeah, there wasn't many people there, unfortunately. So I'm assuming it's like just like just uh, one level, no barriers, just band on the floor playing. Oh, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, um, so good. We need more shows like that. Yeah, they don't do them anymore like that. Um, and I guess through the years, how have you found your relationship with them and listening to them? And like, uh, do you listen to them a lot? I feel like I know we've spoken a bit about it, but yeah, where are you at with them? I dabble a little bit. So yeah. I think once, yeah, once Loveless hit and kind of went, I, I didn't really dip back in until they were they released their last album, maybe yeah. just a little bit for, before. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an interesting relationship because we'll find out later in the power rankings. But um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of one of those bands I didn't really keep up with, and I yeah. don't know. It's an interesting twenty fifteen onwards is an interesting time because we weren't really doing a lot of gigs and stuff. It was a, it was more about dance music and stuff like that a little bit. Yeah, we lost touch a little bit. So I still had those rock bands that I still went and saw and stuff, but um, I wasn't really looking for, for new stuff. I didn't even know they'd put out three albums in like, up until like 2019. That's crazy. They, they, I mean, we'll talk, I've got a question for you later and we'll get to it, but I'm not going to spoil it now. But yeah, I think for me, I, I mean, I love them from the early EPs um, all the way through until Loveless. I think they're, that's a great run of albums. Um and that's when Zach joined the band, and I'm sure we'll talk to the history in some way, because uh, I have a um, a not so quiet love for for Zach Britt <laughs> um, and what he's done in other bands as well. But pretty much that 2013 period with Loveless, and then that's when I discovered Young Lions as well. 
I kind of dropped off the Dream on Dreamer bandwagon a little bit. Um, And we'll talk through the albums later on and kind of how I feel about some of them. Uh, But it wasn't until It Comes and Goes I kind of came back. And that was, you know, a few years before lockdown. I'd kind of gone out of my phase, like you said, after high school, clubbing a bit, listening to a lot more indie and commercial music, um, and then kind of finding them again. And yeah, they're a great band. They're one, one of my favorites. And it's a shame that they had to call it a day. Um, but I guess everyone moves on in life, so. Yeah, that's true. And look, they they had a pretty, like as you were going to, I think you'll touch on later, they had their issues, they had their problems, and and they even got dropped by Rise Records just before Loveless came out. Yeah, it's that blows my mind. I don't get that. I'm not sure what happened either, but um, was, they were lucky that, UNFD picked up Loveless and was able to yep. put that out and help them help them get that out there because I don't know if they if they didn't get that deal with UNFD, I don't think they would have got that out there at all. I don't even know. I, I mean, I don't know much about what happened there. Do you know anything? Nothing. Well, not really. No. Nah. It's rough. Mm. Um, but even then, I mean, that was their last album with UNFD, right? They were independent after that. Yes. Yeah, um, so I don't even know what happened there because I know UNFD, they didn't they didn't put out Hope, I don't think, but they were around for Hope. Is that right? And then Heartbound yeah. was like Hope the first Hope was on Boomtown. Hope was on Boomtown, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Heartbound I knew was on UNFD and I knew Loveless was on UNFD. But I don't know why they didn't stick around. Yeah, me either. And like Heartbound had to have been on Rise as well. For them to get dropped before Loveless. Oh, it was true. Yeah, like I'm looking now and it says a bit of both. So, mm. yeah, it blows my mind. Especially with Loveless was, what, it's their best charting album they've had in their whole time, which mm-hmm. I think, even though it's, what, 28 on the Oz charts, it's not nothing like you're going to, you know, run <laughs> run to the uh, the hills about. But it's still top 100. Still. Like, top 50. And I know we'll talk about the albums, but that's arguably one of their most commercial, I think, at the time. And the song, it's not like a bad commercial album. You know, we talk about bands putting out a commercial sound and, mm. you know, not Fun, selling, I'm not saying sell out, but, you know, like Look at Fallout Boy, they released a commercial album and they lost a, quite a few fans after that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> they don't listen to the early stuff, but I don't think that happened here and I don't know why they got dropped, but, mm. yeah. Maybe they'll let us know. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> So for a bit of pressing history, <clears throat> there's not much I can find on this band. I think as we start to look at smaller local Aussie bands, I think we're going to struggle finding a bit of pressing history. Yeah. Obviously talking about our history with the band though. Did you find anything about the early days or anything like that? Not really. Um, like I noticed that um, Marcel and Callan, Marcel, Callan and Aaron started the band. So yeah. Um, they're the, the founding members and there's been a bit of movement member wise, which is kind of, which happens with those yeah. kind of local bands, like, like any band basically. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, so, um, Callan and Marcel are the only members that are still in the band that kind of were all the way through. Yeah. So that a bit of a shuffle. Um, yeah. do you have anything to add to that? Not really. I think they're. Um, I mean, Callan, especially on lead guitar, you go to shows and you see him and kind of how he's progressed and it, they've kind of kept the sound there. Mm-hmm. I know Marcel doesn't really scream like he used to. 
you know, they they were kind of a bit of that synth MySpace kind of sound early on, yeah. but that went away. Um, but I think he's almost like the the grounding um, consistency with the band because you listen to the guitars all the way through their discography, and although they might get a little less gentio i don't know how you want to explain it yeah. um there's still that same kind of feeling there yeah you still have that the familiar sound all the way through for sure and yeah they're just not as heavy like you no you, can't if you would jump from hope into um it comes and goes like you it's a bit of shell shock i think i mean i think every show i've been to for them after songs of solitude maybe 2015 onwards, mm-hmm. there's always that. They will play a few songs off Hope because I think they do go so hard and you always see a few frightened people in the crowd. But, <laughs> um, you get that quite a bit. <laughs> so how do you feel about Dream on Dreamer now? Like how how do they sit for you? Are they still up there in your, in your favourite list of Australian bands? I listen to them quite a bit. Um I listen to them quite a bit. I think they are. I think when I think back on my favorite bands, I think of My Chemical Romance, for example. I don't listen to them as religiously as I do other bands, but I know that when I go back to them, I'm going to feel a certain way. Um, I've got the memories there. You know, I know deep down that they're my favorite band. I still listen to a lot of Dream on Dreamer, even more so than My Chem at the moment, to be honest. But I think they'll, they'll go down as one of my favorites and, and probably in top five, I would say, at the moment especially in the local scene. I can't think of any other bands that came up through the local scene that I like as much as this band. Um, I put them next to bands like Hand of Mercy, which I, mm. I absolutely loved, but I still think Dream on Dreamers on top of that. Um, other bands from back then, like Sienna Skies that I loved, they kind of went away. Yeah, Dream on Dreamer managed to stay around and kind of change their sound. And, you know, we'll talk about Zachary Britt joining the band. Um and I think he just took him to a whole new level, personally. I think he's one of the best vocalists and probably underrated vocalists in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I sit. Yeah. I don't think they're that high for me. Yeah. Uh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. I have some good memories, um, especially around that that early to 2010s, 10s era with them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I'm not really good at lists as we as we've established. What are you talking but, about? I hope half of our podcast is about making lists, mate. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting better, but I don't make overall lists. So like I couldn't tell you my top five Australian bands. Yeah. But I know that they probably wouldn't beat Carnival, <clears throat> Kiss Chasey and Birds of Tokyo off the yeah. top of my head. So yeah. um, they'd be up around the, maybe the 15 mark, if I was okay. being honest. But I still have those good memories with them. So... I, I, I did save this for the end of the show, but I'm going to bring it now because I feel like we're kind of we're at that realm already. Okay. Um, you know, we asked the question at Mayday, if they were to call it a day, what would they mean to the scene? Mm-hmm. And probably what Dream on Dreamer meant to the local scene when they ended. For me, the phrase that I wrote down was, I think that they were the band that could have been. Mm. Yeah. I, I honestly think they could have been as big as a band like North Lane um, or In Hearts Wake at that time. Um like you look at bands like Polaris now, I think back then when the scene was bumping even more, arguably, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I don't know what happened with the run of touring because they toured with some great bands. Like you go through previous tours they've had, they, they've like a day to remember. I remember seeing them multiple times with the day to remember. Yeah. Um, Being as an ocean, um, the Devil Wears Prada, all these bands that they've toured with. 
Um, and I still don't understand why they, they didn't just blow up even more. So for whatever reason, I think the band that could have been is, is where I'd kind of have them yeah. in the local scene. Yeah. And yeah, I think it could have been maybe the direction they took after Loveless could have hindered them a little bit. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, you can never put your finger, finger on it unless there's like, there's like public knowledge. But yeah. to be on a fly on a wall for some of those tools would have been pretty pretty awesome, like with the data remember and and oh, them yeah. and stuff like that. So, good question. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many synth metalcore bands from MySpace days that really managed to have a life this long. Are there any I'm missing? No, I don't think so. Okay. Like House of the Hurricanes, probably. Oh, uh, I guess like the next they still, biggest. They're not around. They're not really around though, but. Like they're the like the next longest that I can think of. Would you say they're re- bigger than Dream on Dreamer? I they're probably higher on my list. But do you think like in the just the scope of not like our favourites, but they probably got to around the same. Maybe I think they're pretty even. Okay. I think they're pretty even. And then you you think of who else came out of that that era is like Amity. Amity came out of there, but they they kind of pivoted out of that that kind of MySpace sound-ish a little bit. The good thing with them was that they were less reliant on synth and more reliant on bloody sound grabs yeah. <laughs> and samples. <laughs> which I'm fine with. Which I'm, I'm fine absolutely with. fine with. <laughs> but that's a good point. Like there's, they, they probably stood the test of time. And that's yeah. whether that's because they're independent and they stuck at it uh, longer than a, a signed, like, a, like a signed band would have. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to say, but yeah, like 13 years playing essentially the same or very similar sound is yeah. like a testament just to an Australian band. Like, like it's pretty awesome. I remember um, in talking about whatever problems they might have had when they became independent or I don't know how touring works with expenses for bands and how much they make on a tour and, and whatever, right? Yeah. But I remember Dream on Dreamer, I find every time they would put a post up, you would always see people from Europe being like, can you come back to Europe? I yeah. think they, they, I think they had a following over there. Um, but I just don't know for the life of me, they, they might not have been able to afford to, or didn't get the right tours um, to go over there. And I remember um, being at a young lion show one day and I was at the merch desk at the end of the show, talking to Zach and the band there. Um, I just asked them, how come you guys don't take more of your music overseas? And I was Zach, why didn't you tour? dreamer more at the end there overseas they just couldn't afford to do it um and i think that's a big reason why they called it a day because if you're still battling and battling to be an independent band just trying to tour australia to the same crowd it's probably gonna get to a point where it's like what are we doing and why i think it's sad yeah you i kind of liken some australian bands to like local footy clubs so you go to a local footy club and you go there you put your money over the bar you play footy and they ask, they do raffles and everything, but they, they, they ask for the money from the same people over and over again. Yeah. So eventually those people aren't going to have any more money to, to kind of put in into the club. And yeah. that's when, that's when bands like we, we think in Australia, you think in 170 Russell, they play there once every six months and people are like, oh, I saw them six months ago. I'm not going to bother. I'll yeah. put my ticket into another another avenue, another band. Yeah. And I think that's what happens in the Australian scene. 
Yeah. Um, bands either have to take the risk, go yeah. broke and go overseas and, and see what happens, or they, they stay in Australia and kind of stay at a similar level and just kind of plateau and, and flutter away a little bit. I mean, it's, yeah. And I mean, obviously back then, you know, I was a teenager, had no good mm-hmm. idea what was going on. <laughs> um, yeah. Gigs were coming out of buddy everywhere back then. Um, Cause I guess it might've been cheaper, easy to do. Um, but mm-hmm. you look at bands now, like, you know, Alpha Wolf put out, well, you, you would have seen that video come out last week from Alpha Wolf in America. Yeah. Talking about fucking venues taking like 25% of the, um, the merch. Um, like that's rough. And I, I, I see why. <laughs> Like Lockie got on stage and called them out because that's yeah that's like how are you meant to keep the scene alive taking that much? I get maybe taking a cut, um, but that's a lot. Uh, yeah. Ticket, especially if you're an uh, Aussie band taking your merch over there, or even getting mm-hmm. it printed over there in US dollars. Like fuck, that's rough. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. They've like everyone's got to make their cut to survive, and yeah, and that's where it, it comes down to it. You hear stories of like American bands. Sp- like having two dollars a day to eat eat food, so they're eating two dollar Macca's menu for weeks and weeks on end. Well, if you ever watch Life on the Murder Scene, the Mike M doco that I've been telling you to watch, <laughs> that was them. They were eating like bloody peanuts, mate. And yeah. I, 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 it blows my mind. And yeah, it's it's just a risk you got to take. And if you and like they did a really good job in their in their realm, but um, maybe overseas just wasn't for them. Yep. Um, I've got more I want to say about, you know, Zach Britt, <laughs> um, but just other eras of, of um, the band. Do we want to start going through talking about the albums and maybe we get some stories along the way? Yep. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So uh, similar to what we did with the mid-year review, I thought we thought it would be good to do a similar format where we talk about all the releases in order and then smash through the power rankings at the end rather than you know, us talking about 10 minutes about number yeah. three and then we forget what number we're at. So I thought we'll kick off and I thought maybe we could kick off with the EPs collectively. Yeah. Um, so their first EP, 3rd of July, 2009, Sales Set Amada, a nice three track one there. Um, and then a, a year later, 366 days later, uh, they released Hope, which is Hope. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so I didn't really listen to much as um, sales set and then we're doing research for the episode and for like a, essentially it's like a three track demo. Yeah. Sounds really good. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. Unreal. Vultures it's is a great song. Else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you listen to it much? I know you I listened, to, I listened to it. Yeah. Oh no. Um, for the research, I, I listened to it through a few times yeah. and yeah, it, doesn't seem like like it seems like they knew what they were doing straight off the bat like yeah and just and hit the ground running and that that shows with with hope obviously i think yeah i, I agree i think this this ep like i didn't listen to it until hope because i think it must have been around 2009 feels about right i can just like i can even picture going into the venue and seeing like this band um I don't think I heard them before Hope. And mm-hmm. I think when I went back, it was like awesome to have more songs to listen to. And yeah, it, it, let's look past a bit, but um, yeah. And that sometimes, first EP was great. Yeah. Sometimes those first EPs are really hard to track down because 
they only print a limited number because they're probably self-released. Yeah. And then, yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really good start by them. And then hope we're, we're, that's, I guess, is it time to tell the story about how we met? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, so I actually picked up hope off of Matt, uh, another mate, uh, Tom V. Um, okay. Um, did we were chatting, chatting tunes and we've like kind of traded records here and there and yep. he, he doesn't live too far from me and, um, his wife crashed her car. Oh, no. And like got T-boned and rolled it. So they had to get some money for insurance. And he put a list of records up and, and Hope was on there. And I was like, I'll take Hope. I'll pick it up this afternoon. Mm. And um, went and picked it up. And spun it a few times. And then um, an AVVC post popped up. What are you What are you looking for at the moment? Yeah. And, and here's, here's me yeah. <laughs> being like... Pretty fresh into vinyl, um, not still knowing how hard things are to get. Mm-hmm. And I said, can someone please help me out with, it was this EP, it was Sin by John Floriani, and I can't remember the third, um, but you actually commented and I could not believe it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'd only had it maybe six weeks and I was like, yeah, this person's put it up for ISO, like, why not help them out? And Yeah. I mean, it's pretty crazy. You know, I, that was the first record I'd bought off someone off Facebook. Like I mm-hmm. bought records at retail and on Discogs and things, but that was the first record I'd bought. And I didn't know you at the time. And I don't think yeah. we really met for another few months at that point. Yeah, because Sydney, like we were in lockdown. And so yeah. Sydney hadn't gone into lockdown yet. And then that's where yeah. all the- I think it was right before I moved to Melbourne, uh, to Sydney. Um, and then I had it and then moved up. And then in that lockdown, you know, we've spoken about how we've met that obviously story unfolded, but yeah, I thought it was yeah. a pretty cool story that that was, um, how I got that record. And yeah. uh, I'm still so grateful cause I spent it so much and, I, and I'm sure you're, you might want it back one day, but <laughs> maybe, maybe, but I know that, um, like you only put, people only put the records that they really, really wanted those, those threads. Yeah. So yeah. like I knew that it was going to a good home. It's a good price too. So I'm glad you didn't flip to me or that would have made for an awkward convo later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that that EP, Hope, um, still blows my mind. I think it's one of the best EPs in the local scene that I can remember. Um, There aren't many that I'd put on that level, even against albums of similar bands. Mm. Um, I love it. It's fantastic. And the synth is there. uh, The breakdowns are there. Like you imagine a 15-year-old kid seeing live music like that up close yeah. and personal, I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause it seems like to it on my space is different to seeing yeah. it in person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely different world too. When that, when that happens. Yeah. Um, COG, everyone knows every, I think you think dream on dreamer. I think most people would say hope is their, their release. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, a year later after that, they released Heartbound. So they're not mucking around. Oh, pretty quick too. And this time with UNFD, hey? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that it's pretty solid. Pretty solid album. I think it's a... I don't know if it's a step up from Hope. Usually you see a band kind of like step up. I think it was a step to the side a little bit. So... I, I literally wrote here, I think it was, I, I said, it's not an improvement, but it's a step forward. And I think yeah. when I say that, 
they kind of stepped away from hope a little bit from the synth point of view. Yeah. You can still hear it, but they were more of a band again. They put the computer away a bit, and I think yeah. it wasn't necessarily better, but it was different. Yeah. I just found when I was listening to it, it was packed with everything, and there were stages there where you didn't know whether it was synth or guitars or, or what was going on. Yeah. I would have thought, like... Um, I felt like hope, like you could just you could just make out what was going along along a little bit better, so yeah. you could follow along. Like Heartbound's really good, but yeah, I think that yeah, it was just it was too jam packed for for me. I think this album, the first four tracks especially, like at the point at this time, I would have been what is that seventeen. Mm-hmm. Um, or nearly turning 17 when this, album, when this album came out. And I think considering where Hope had been and where music was at that time, you yeah. know, Chasing Ghost had come out that year or the year before. Um, I felt like when this album came out, what I expected from Dream on Dreamer, it made me want to run through a wall because it was kind of like, it felt bassier, but not in a synth way. And yeah. I just wanted to like punch things. <laughs> like, yeah. But I know what you mean where there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do love this album. It feels very similar to um, the Bride, President Road, to me as well. Oh, I guess. I mean, the drums are there, and the guitars kind of. Yeah, I can see yeah. how you make that. Yeah. Like that big bassy, heavy sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I love, I love this album, and we'll talk about one of my favorite songs from our, our, my list later on is on this album. So uh, I'm not going to spoil too much. <laughs> um, moving into the next one, which I think. A lot of people and a lot of the wider fans, I think, talk about this might be their best album um, out of the lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have a pretty good case. It came out, what, nearly two years after yep. um, Heartbound, and we know that they did a lot of touring there. Um, this one, like you said, released on UNFD, but Loveless. This is awesome. It's an awesome great album. album. It's a great album. Great album. Probably their last great album. Yeah, I agree. And they went a bit... M- Melodic, which are like, which is my preference, and which is why it sticks out to me. And and I've got I've got two words for you on that front. Zach Britt came into the band for this album. Yep. Um, and I think he had a massive say in the songwriting, and I think you can hear it. Like now that I've been listening to Zach Britt music for a long time, um, you know he was in the Dream, the Chase before this band, and I dabbled in them a little bit. Um, but you can hear a lot of like you said, the melodic sides of it, the melody, yeah. the, the the songs feel large. They don't feel like an in-the-moment song. They feel like something bigger than... Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh. Yeah. They they seem... They sound a lot more thought out. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier that Hope sounded like they knew what they were doing. And then Heartbound, they kind of moved away from that and they just wanted to get as much into a song as they could. Yeah. And then Zach comes in, Loveless and they do Loveless, and um, it just they've they've sit down, and they've like planned out songs. Feels like they yeah, just it, I think the track list as well. Uh, they they've got a perfect pace through the album. You know, yeah. the, the the heavy's heavy, the highs are high. It, it gives you a break in between. Like it's just yeah, I think this is a fantastic album. Probably underrated. It needs a vinyl pressing UNFD. I know you finally pressed Heartbound last year, but we need a press of this. Because um, I don't know why track five. I don't know why Heartbound didn't. <laughs> oh, I don't know why Loveless didn't get done before Heartbound. 
don't know. Honestly, I, I don't but. know. Um, but yeah, I need a I need a spin track five and um, on a Friday after work and just have a beer and just enjoy myself. So if they if they're <laughs> listening, which I highly doubt, we need that. Yeah. <laughs> So there was another two two year break, and then yep. Songs of Solitude came out. Well, who was here? Yeah. <laughs> you want to go first? <laughs> I'll get my opinions out of the way first. Yep. So, um, I didn't mind it. It was it was very stripped back. So yeah, um, I'd actually listened to this until doing research for this yep. episode. Um. Less metalcore, very melodic, flows fairly well, but it just didn't have that variety. It was, it seemed like it was just in the middle for me. Yep. So you didn't have that heavies, you didn't have the highs, you didn't have much anything else apart from one or two tracks. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, I didn't really, I didn't really like the theme or the direction they went with. I'm not really sure what happened here. I know. Um... They got a new bassist. They got um, Chris from House vs. Hurricane for this album. Mm-hmm. So he was like the band member change for, for here. I'm not sure what happened there. I know, you know, Marcel stopped screaming as much. And I yeah. think that really showed on this album more than the last. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Zach, second time writing an album uh, for Dream on Dreamer. I think, yeah, it, it, it felt a bit lost as an album, to be honest. I, I don't yeah. think it felt like a Dreamer album. Um, I'm not saying it's bad, but I definitely didn't gravitate to it. I think as well during this time, like I said, when I discovered who Zach Britt was, I started listening to a lot of Young Lions um, from there. Mm-hmm. And I think I just preferred that over Dream yeah. on Dreamer. Not that they're the same kind of band, but I was just listening to his music on there more. Yeah. Um, so this album got a bit lost for me as well. Um, yeah, it's just it just wasn't for me at the time. And I don't really go back to it all that much, except for the last song, Violent Pictures, which is an acoustic Zach Britt, Zach, Zach, Britt, Zach Britt song to end the album. So, yeah, yeah this doesn't really yeah. do much for me. And that's fair. But, yeah, but the next album, which came two and a half years later, uh, it comes and goes. I think this was a great return to what they were good at. But mm-hmm. and I would probably say this is a step forward or a step up, to be completely honest. It's different. But I think this album was fantastic. It was it was all right. <laughs> so anticlimactic. Sorry, um, I it didn't it didn't hit well for me. Yep. I think it was. It, I think you're right. I think with um, Songs of Solitude, they went back to square one, and then they've made a step forward with it comes and goes. They had more. They had more um, singles. But you still yep. had that kind of repetitive kind of sound. And it was like kind of a return to form. Um, but if you're comparing it to like Loveless or Hope. Loveless or Hope, yeah. Yeah, or Hope, yeah. It just didn't hit for me. I know that um, when I was doing my rankings, I was listening, looking at like their, their, their favorite, their best songs on, on Spotify and Last FM and stuff like that. And they, that, yeah. was, that album features heavily in those yep. lists and yep. um they may have may have captured a new audience with that yeah i think so that album. but um yeah it, i think it flowed pretty well um but i think they were still trying to like feel around in the dark 
for that yeah. sound that they were looking for. Yeah. I um, think this album was really great. Uh, I think you're right. It brought a new fan base in. I think there were still elements of who they were, I think, lyrically. Yep. Uh, and even instrumentally, despite there's not being as many breakdowns, I think that that feeling of big room kind of song that we felt on Loveless, you can really feel on this album. Yeah. Uh, and when you see it live, that's a big reason why I love this album. I remember seeing some of these songs live thinking, fuck, like this band, the songs were big, even though they weren't heavy, as heavy as what they'd done. Uh, mm-hmm. And the breakdowns weren't massive and there wasn't really a pit per se. It just felt like this band was kind of back to doing big things again. Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest tour they did for this album was that one with the getaway plan, uh, which I mentioned, which wasn't, they didn't play massive rooms, um, but the music was big and I think it was a great kind of return to form. Like you said, I thought it was a great album. Yeah. And I think it would translate well to, to the big stage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just for me listening through chronologically kind of it, it dips it, um, Songs of Solitude, and it starts to go up a little bit. The yeah. tangent starts to lift, and I think they really hit their straps for their sound in um, yep. What If I Told You It Doesn't Get Any Better. Yeah. I mean, this is pretty... Um, I remember when this album came out and the whole announcement of their going away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty cut to be frank. Like, it cut pretty deep. Like, I never thought Dream on Dream were a band that would go away. Like you said, I thought they'd just play shows, like you said, every six months, wherever they play, yep. they'll just kind of be around. Um, what did you think of this album? I really enjoyed it. So, as I said before, like, I think it's their best of their second era. I think the Dream on Dream had, like, okay. two eras. Yeah. Like, um, the Loveless era, and now this is, like, the... What if I told you it doesn't get any better era or it comes yeah. and goes era? I think it lifts the ideas that they had for it comes and goes and really nails them. Like that's a, it's a really good album. It's it's written really well, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's a shame it's their their farewell album. Yeah. Like they don't really get to to kind of carry it through. COVID kind of ruined probably some touring plans that they had to kind of do yeah. a proper send off. Yeah. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, so I remember when uh, this was, I've got a bit of a love hate with this album because I don't like how they released it or announced it. So I remember waking up one day and what it was, it was about three weeks after that first lockdown, like go home, stop working in the office. Like everyone go home. This is going to be a four to six week thing. And they announced this, that they were going to break up. And this was the album that was coming out. And straight away I was like, fuck, putting on hope, putting on heartbound, listening to their old stuff, getting on nostalgic. But there were new songs right here. Mm-hmm. And I listened to the singles when they came out, but I was like, fuck, the band's breaking up. I'm putting on hope. I'm listening to the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to the new single, enjoyed the new single. Um, well, Feel So Empty, I think it was, was the lead single of that album. And it just, when the album continued to come out, the singles came out and it just didn't hit what I had wanted, I guess. And yeah. it was probably because in the back of my mind, I knew that they were calling it. So, yeah, great album. I think it's written really well. It probably is better sounding technically, probably even lyrically. Like, it's a pretty heavy album from a lyrical yeah. content point of view. Definitely. And it, and it translates really well live. Um, but it just didn't hit me the same for that reason with the announcement. Yeah, it's kind of like, what's the point of listening to this album if I'm going to get to see them once? 
and they're gone forever. You may as well remember the the good times, yeah. I guess. The fact that they played two years after they announced it is pretty full on. Yeah, um, and those shows still sold out. I got very close to selling out. Um, yeah, they were great shows, but pretty impressive that they 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 still played it. I thought they were going to call it. Yeah, well, it's a testament to them having respect for their fans that have been around for such a long time. Yeah. And, and what, what I did love was even though this came out here, they released that single Hurricane after the tour had ended. It was like, this is it. Catch you later. Mm-hmm. It was a beautiful send off. And I think that the, the sound of that new single probably translates better now. It's aged quite well. So I think going back to it in future, um, it's an album that you'd want to go back to because it's going to be great. Yeah. I could see myself listening to that quite a bit. Yeah. Cool. So, the fun stuff, the power rankings. Mm. We ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, actually, can I just say, you know what was even better about that farewell show? Young Lion supported, so we got a double double hit. Double dose. <laughs> you would have been in heaven. Man, I've gone full simp tonight, haven't I? Let's bang through seven and six first. Yeah. You want to go first? Yeah. My number seven is Songs of Solitude. Same. Yeah. Number six for me is uh, Set Sales Armada. This is going to be a bit controversial. My number six is What If I Told You It Doesn't Get Better. Fair enough. I think I think I explained myself pretty well there. Yeah. Why? Uh, but my number five was um, Sales Set Armada. Mm-hmm. It's too nostalgic for me not to put in my top five. Yeah. Even though it's out of seven, it's got to be there. (laughs) Well, um, at five for me is It Comes and Goes. Wow. Okay. That was my number four. Well, there you go. We're chasing. Yeah. Um, So my number four is uh, What If I Told You It Doesn't Get Any Better. That's fair. I think um, that's fair. Middle my, my, num- my number three, I probably, I, I can imagine our number, our top three are probably going to be the same, but my number three is Heartbound. Same, yeah. Number two? Hope. What? Yeah, you heard it. Oh my, oh, I was not fucking expecting that. <laughs> All right. My number two was Loveless. Yeah, you're wrong. And so we're we're different in the top two. Okay. So yeah. Loveless is your favorite and Hope's mine. Yeah. You know what that means? I'm never what? selling you back that that <laughs> <laughs> I did it to myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um it I feel really I, I always feel bad because I think I did Loveless justice talking about it just then. Hmm. Probably didn't do Hope enough, but yeah, Hope's my number one. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see, like, it's it's almost a flip of a coin. You could pick either yep. one, and they're both worthy of number one. Yeah. I just spent way more time with Loveless than I, than I did with Hope. So Fair. it's just personal preference, timing, I want, stuff like that. I'm, I'm keen to know now what our, what our songs are. So if Loveless is your favorite, we haven't spoken. I don't actually know what songs you like by them. Um, so I'm really excited to hear. Oh, come on. They're probably going to be five bloody Loveless songs, aren't they? <laughs> the first five songs of Loveless I'm going to have. Um, no, um, do you want to I'll, open with number five? Yep. So my number five is Tell Me Why. 
Very good. Uh, my number five is In August from Hope. Just want to say this song is the final track on the EP and it might be one of the best closing songs of any release in the scene. Um, it builds so well. Mm-hmm. It's got a fucking nasty breakdown at the end. Yeah. Um, and it's so good live. So good live. So that's my number five. So what's your number four? My number four is from the album that you seem to hate for some reason. It comes and goes. <laughs> my number four is uh, Don't Lose Your Heart featuring Jared Sultan um, from It Comes and Goes. Now, Jared Sultan's from, I don't know if you've listened to them. They're another Melbourne band that I don't know what's happened to them. They used to be called Passerby and they changed their name to Slowburn legally. I'm not sure if you know of them. No, I haven't heard of them. They're worth checking out. And when I saw that his name was on this song when it first came out, I was stoked because one of my friends from high school played in that band. Um, And I think that song's just epic. The three of them singing together Mm -hmm. just fucking blows my mind. And I think it's probably one of the best uh, tracks on that album. Oh, sick. So um, my number four is Feel So Empty. Okay. That's just a good real, song. Yeah, it's a great opener. I'm I'm big on openers, so Yeah, you do like the opener. Yeah. Um, a, that that's a good song. Oh, that's a good single, I will say. I think um that was a really good single. It sets a tone for the whole album as well, I think. Like it just kind of comes out, does what it <clears> needs to do. Yeah. Um so number three for me is Downfall of Heartbound. That was really close to being here. Um, But what I did on the back of talking about openers, I did that yourself as someone else or I slash yourself as someone else from Heartbound. I think those first three tracks especially fucking slap. They're so heavy. Yes. Yeah. You want to know why I put mine as number three? Yeah. And not down four? The fucking gang chance at the end of... um, yeah. yourself or someone else. Like it just gets you so hyped and then downfall comes in. You just want to like punch yourself in the face. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your number three? That was it. Downfall. No, yourself or someone else. The uh, tra- yeah. so track two Sorry. or slash track one on that album. Yep. We did that too well. So my number, or oh, go number two. Fuck. All right. This is, this is hot stakes right now. This is arguably their best song, but it's not my favorite necessarily, but I think it's their best. It's off um, Loveless. Track number five, Hear Me Out. Very good song. It's arguably, it's Zach Britt all over. Like that, that's him. Um, it builds up so well. Marcel does this thing with his vocals that he's almost like talk screaming mm. that I kind of love, but then it builds into just him going fucking ham and it goes, goes hard live and... Yeah, it's it's probably my most listened to song by them, um, but I wouldn't, I still wouldn't say it's necessarily my favorite. What's your number two? My number two is, oh, I'd have to say, sorry, that's my number one. Fuck you, right? That's yeah. that's fair. I really struggled with picking it <laughs> at number two or one. So, um, what's your number two? My number two is ambitions of hope. That's my number one. <laughs> yeah, that's my number one. Ambition has such a good track. So we've we've got we've flip flopped on. Both. We've literally flipped the coin. Yeah, exactly. So my number one song in album is Hope or EP's Hope, and your number one is Loveless and Hear Me Out. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So good. talk me th- talk me through ambitions first. 
I just think it embodied that time of Dream on Dreamer perfectly. So, like, yep. it just, like, like we've spoken about being punched in the face. Like, that just, as a second track, it just flows really well from track one, punches yeah. you in the face, and then just doesn't let up. I will say that song, like, you put that on at a show, I become a new person. Like, I don't even know what's... It's like something takes over my body, and i got to remember that I'm fucking a lot bigger than I was back when I was 15, and I fucked my ankle up at the farewell show, but something came over me, and yeah. oh, that song is so fucking good. That's why it's my number one. Yeah. There is only a handful of songs that do that to a person. Yeah. <laughs> One of those for me is um, Jet Black New Year by Thursday. Yeah. And that's their closer every time. And then the other one was um, a summer holiday versus punk routine by Refused. And when I saw them at the Metro, I was like, I'm not going to the pit because I'll die. Yeah. They started that, the guitar start. And then you just, I was like, I was gone. And good to pick a convo. I don't know what my other songs like that would be. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, Diamonds Aren't Forever by Bring Me the Horizon would probably be there. Mm-hmm. I can't think of many others that make me like forget what I'm doing and my spatial awareness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like the full so, moon coming out in Dragon Ball Z just turns into a, a yeah, big gorilla. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but except I'm already the gorilla and I just get bigger. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so hear me out, Loveless is your number one. Yep. By taking your thunder there, do you want to do you want to say any other sad no. boy things about that song? No, that's fine. You you covered it perfectly. It hits you in the feels. Yeah. It's um, it's fantastic. Do you have any uh, special mention songs? No. Um. Do you? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to uh, call out Love, which was their standalone single that came out um, right after It Comes and Goes. I think that was a fantastic song. That was a good song. I think it's like perfect balance actually between the two albums. I think, yeah, really, really good single. Uh, Never Love, right after Hear Me Out, like that just slaps. It's a perfect song after that track on the in, in the grand scheme of the album. I spoke about Violent Pictures before from the end of Sing- uh, Songs of Solitude and um, Regrets off their last album, the last track, Mm -hmm. it it makes me feel things. Um, I think it was a great way to kind of send off them. Yeah, Um, definitely. So they were my shout outs. Beautiful. I really liked Hurricane actually. I listened to that to like three, three times today. And I thought that was really good as that send off single. And it seems to be a thing that um, bands are doing now is like releasing a single as like a farewell at times. I wish like some of my favorite bands would would come back and just release that single because yeah. I would like to um have some closure to, hear, to have some closure I guess but um no I think they did it really well really elegant real classy uh, their show just was awesome uh, so now I just have um one one less separate band to fanboy about yeah you got plenty of other bands you fanboy about so you're all good. Thanks. Is that a backhanded compliment? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Any other closing comments on the band before we wrap this one up? No. Um, I just think that they've stood the test of time. Like, well, yep. like, good on them for, for sticking it out where some other yeah. bands would have just called it a day 
like in 2015 yeah. and gotten real jobs and and like stacked shelves of coals or something like that and yeah I'm really um really happy they've done what they've done because they we wouldn't have that last album to yeah, kind of no. to to kind of look back on as a as a farewell and to to enjoy yeah yeah I would just want to say that like I thank them so much because if it wasn't for that band there are so many shows I wouldn't have gone to and probably mm-hmm. found my next favorite band um, that I probably wouldn't have had the confidence to go to more heavy shows because fuck they are intimidating when you're a young kid or yeah. you don't know people right and I think they're one of those bands that brought me along and I, I can't there's not many like I said there's not many bands I put in that space and yeah I'm so fucking glad that they exist and they existed when they did so get emotional yeah. <laughs> no it was oh, really fuck. nice like I, I think that's you you couldn't have put it better like yeah the, st- the if they're a stepping stone band if you they're your favorite band like it doesn't matter they were there yeah. and they they help and they like we need more of those bands to hang around a little bit longer yep to do that yeah, kind of stuff absolutely well that wraps us up yeah i'm so, keen to um keen to put these songs into the the playlist and, and get that out there and um hopefully everyone listening check that out um at the press conference playlist uh keen to um hear what you think about these songs and tell us if we're out of our mind tell us if you think songs of solitude is better than what we think um, yeah tell us we're wrong like doesn't matter like just just get the get the convo going and you try and tell me that zach Britt isn't one of the best vocalists in australia and oh we'll get you on an episode and i'll we'll just talk about it because i won't back down <laughs> on that bad boy <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and leave a review on Spotify and Apple Pods. Um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at press.con.pod on both platforms. Uh, we'd like to thank Nick again from our previous episode for the intro. Uh, go and check out Caution Thieves. They are awesome. They've got new stuff mm-hmm. coming very soon, I believe. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, can't wait. We love your feedback and the convos generated by these topics. So hit us up on socials, um, yeah, Instagram and Facebook. And, yeah, we'll see you. See you next time. Cool. See you later. Peace. Breathing without the air